Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, April 8th. S&P futures are trading in a very unusual fashion for them lately. They're about unchanged this morning, and they've been unchanged for the last uh, couple of hours. Other than a brief rally at around 1 a.m., they've actually been pretty flat all night. Um, you know, so definitely kind of a uh, a, a more calm uh, you know price action than we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Um, Eurozone equities, though, are getting hit. They're down about 1.2 to 1.7 percent, depending on the index. Asia was mixed overnight. Um, you know, so I think S and P futures are pretty appropriate given what happened overnight. There's really not a ton of kind of major headlines that stand out. I think yesterday's uh, fade in the U.S. is very much in focus, where obviously the S and P was up about three and a half percent at one point before finishing gradually in the red. Um, I will say though that the internals of yesterday's uh, market were not all that negative. You saw momentum. So, you know, a lot of your big cap uh, tech names, along with kind of your Schaefer Haven, Staples, et cetera, get hit, but cyclicals and value outperformed. And so those latter groups, um, when they do trade well, it usually reflects macro optimism. It's just very hard when momentum gets hit, given the weighting of those names in the index, it's very hard for the S&P to ignore it. Um, thus the, you know, the fade. But I think the internals of yesterday's market were not as negative as I think the overall price action would suggest. Um no, so again, as far as the U.S. you know U.S. equity investors looking out in the world, nothing out today that's really changed anyone's view of of what's kind of going on in the macro environment. The coronavirus data, again, this was all out yesterday during trading. There wasn't a lot of new coronavirus data out overnight, but the data yesterday was somewhat more mixed than I think we had been used to seeing since you know late Thursday and then over the weekend, where you had a spike in fatalities in a bunch of key states, including New York. Um, the, the, you know, the incremental hospitalizations, which arguably is a, the better leading indicator, those are still kind of falling. So, you know, you can still say that the U.S., all, you know, those countries in Europe and the New York and, and New Jersey and, and certain key cities in the U.S. are kind of still in this plateau peaking type of phase, um, which is still obviously encouraging. But again, the numbers are not going to be linear. You're going to see kind of days where you'll have increases in, in transmissions, hospitalizations, deaths, and then days when those numbers will kind of um, descend. And I think you have to look at it over time. Um, you know, just taking a step back again, this, you know, the, the peaking is certainly very positive and encouraging, but I think to get the S&P above 2750, which is where it, it stopped yesterday nearly precisely, um, you know, to get above 2800, you're really gonna have to start to see a sustained descent, not just kind of a peaking or a plateauing. Um, and that's that's yet to kind of necessarily occur. Um, it's certainly happening in, in some Eurozone countries, but it, not necessarily in the U.S. So I think that's kind of, you know, that's just something to be watching over the next few days. There's a lot of talk about re- reopening, um, you know, economy. So Wuhan's restrictions formally lifted today. I think people will be watching very closely the data out of there to see if there's been any increase in transmissions. A small city in China in the north um, actually you know, imposed restrictions, fresh restrictions today, just given that there is a concern about a resurgence in cases. So, you know, it's not going to be a linear process. You've seen instances in China where they've rescinded some restrictions and then had to put them back on. Um, you know, but I think it's safe to say that you are kind of seeing China obviously emerge from its its uh, pretty severe lockdown measures from February. Italy, I think, is being watched very closely in Europe, as it's thought to be kind of the first big country to start to gradually lift its restrictions, so people will be watching to see kind of again how that how that unfolds. It will be a very kind of slow phase process. Um, you know, to the extent you see growth indications stabilize, if countries if companies begin to mention that they're seeing a stabilization, that will all be very important. 
the U.S. kind of uh, you know resumption strategy is is there were a bunch of articles about out, uh, on it out overnight. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's still very nascent at this point. It doesn't seem to be a real fleshed out formulation. I think it's going to, again, be very, very phased where certain sections of the country that were not necessarily hit very hard with cases will probably see some restrictions lift first. Um, other hotspots like New York, um, you know, I think it's, you know, it's going to be incumbent upon very aggressive testing, um, perhaps some, you know, some tracing policies that are introduced as well. I think you're going to have to see companies, again, get very innovative and, in, and, and implement safety measures. I think you saw Two more announcements last night where Amazon said that they are going to start fogging one of their distribution facilities. That's the technique that Delta and airlines are using on their planes, where you're essentially crop dusting the entire room with this disinfectant that it is supposedly safe. Um, you know, so I think you're going to see fogging become more popular. Uh, Disney, uh, Bob Iger overnight talked about how they may start taking the temperatures of, of people when they reopen their parks. Um, you know, you're seeing that occur at, at Walmart and McDonald's. They're taking the temperatures of their workers. So I think you're going, you're going to see a lot of kind of changes in society um, that will probably be made permanent once the resumption occurs. And I think it's going to be a slow, gradual process. And again, I think a lot of it's going to be incumbent on companies, not necessarily the government. Once the government lifts the restrictions, companies then have to make people feel safe, uh, have to make customers feel safe, employees feel safe to kind of venture out of their homes. Um, you know, so that's all the coronavirus stuff. On oil, it's very much the same as it's been for several days now. So obviously, you kind of had Trump go out with that 10 to 15 billion barrel number last week. Um, the OPEC plus countries will meet Thursday. The broader G20 energy ministers will meet on Friday. Um, you know, I think it's safe to say that the OPEC plus countries are in agreement about taking supply offline. It's not going to be 10 million plus from them. Um, but they very much want to see participation from the other major producers, including the U.S., and that will come, uh, you know, presumably on Friday at that G20 event. The uh, Department of Energy yesterday put out updated U.S. production numbers, and they note how their fresh estimates suggest that you know U.S. production is falling by more than a million barrels a day in 2020, and then 21 again. So they could use that as evidence at these upcoming meetings to suggest that the U.S. is you know participating. Um, and doing its part to take uh, output offline. But these are not coming from government mandates. These are companies responding to market forces. So if you know the OPEC plus countries may be nervous that to the extent they act aggressively on supply, prices go back up, then the U.S. companies will simply um, you know, in- resume output again. So I think a lot remains uncertain. I think you will see something on the supply front. Um, you know, I think OPEC plus alone could act uh, you know, something on maybe 5 million barrels, We'll have to see what the other countries like a Norway or, or a, um, a Canada or the U.S., what they're contributing to kind of get that number up. Um, so oil, you know, had a bit overnight and now it's about flat on the day. Um, the EU finance ministers, uh, they met, uh, they had a meeting today. They're talking about this ESM, dispersing ESM funds and then Corona bonds. Uh, they broke up without an agreement, although that they'll probably get one. Um, they're meeting again on Thursday. So it sounds like they're close to something. On the company-specific front, you had a couple of earnings updates. Again, the message from most companies is the same. January and February were solid, and then business deteriorated pretty rapidly starting in the middle of March, and then that's continued into April. Um, so I, you know, I think as we get into the earnings season where we see companies' official report that starts next week and then goes into May... Um, I think it'll be very interesting to hear from management teams if that that uh, initial deterioration in mid March, if that had stable, if that has stabilized, or if the deterioration continues. 
I think if companies can talk about how they are, you know, they're stabilizing at that low level, um, that will certainly be um, a positive development. And we'll just have to wait and see what comes out over the next few weeks. Um, the Tesco, which is a big UK, um, you know, grocer, had an update this morning. I think it's very interesting. So they talked about how they had seen this kind of burst in panic buying that you've heard similar from a lot of other companies, and including in the US with Target and Walmart have said similar. Um, but they said that that burst, you know, the panic stock uh, stockpiling buying has subsided and sales have returned to a more normal pace. So a lot of the staples companies have been big outperformers because, you know, they are seeing a benefit in terms of earnings. Not only are they are they safe, quote unquote, but they're actually seeing an increase to earnings because of the stockpiling. But, you know, I think, you know, investors not, haven't necessarily been extrapolating that stockpiling buying out beyond Q1. And if Tesco's update, um, you know, if, if Tesco is speaking, I think, for the broader kind of stockpiling theme, that, that definitely could be a headwind for some of those stocks. On today's calendar, you have uh, it's it's pretty sparse. The FOMC minutes hit at two o'clock. This should be a non-event. Um, Costco sales tonight for March will be more interesting. Again, just to look at this whole staples theme to see if you are seeing an abatement in that stockpiling uh, buying surge. It, you know, I think the March numbers are going to look good. It's more of a question. It's more of a you know l- looking at the uh, linearity of the month of March, um, where you know. Sales perhaps tapered off towards the end of the month, and then and then have stayed, uh, you know, at a, at a lower level in April. I don't think you're going to get all that detail from Costco. Um, you know, the bigger events come start tomorrow. We have you know another week of U.S. claims. Um, you know, again, the estimates are moving around pretty aggressively, but the print forecast as of right now is calling for a decline. So about five million claims, which would be down from six point six last week. Um, again, that would kind of go to this whole peaking theme for coronavirus, uh, you know, coronavirus data, and then some of the economic fallout. Um, you saw yesterday how this small business lending program that had initially been allocated $350 billion, it's seeing very strong demand. Apparently, $70 billion has been lent under it already. Uh, the Treasury is going to go ask for another $250 billion. So to the extent that the, the lending on that program is very high, that should limit some of the economic fallout because that money is aimed at companies um, keeping their payrolls intact, and then the loans become forgivable. So if companies keep the payrolls intact, obviously you're not going to see as many jobless claims. So you know if you do see the claims come in tomorrow, you know down a million and a half week on week, that certainly would be um, you know that certainly would be positive. Um, and then you have the OPEC meeting. Uh, Powell will be speaking tomorrow. He'll be holding kind of a he'll be making his speech um, uh, online, a web address at around 10 a.m. And then Friday the U.S. is closed, but you have that G20 energy energy minister's meeting. So that is it for today. Uh, Thank you everyone for listening.